Again, I want to welcome everyone here this morning, and I trust that we can listen to what God has laid on my heart to share. And, uh, and like I've told many other people, um, I shared last week at Mount Joy, I said, um, sometimes the, the brain and the mouth don't always connect, and... Uh, I just gave the example several weeks ago when I, I called home and left a message for Rhoda. And I was just telling her about an appointment that's coming up um, for a vehicle that when we had to take it in. And so at the beginning of the message, I said, well, uh, it's, it's for June 22nd we have to take it in. And then at the end, now don't let me forget, this is January 22nd that we have to take the vehicle in. And uh, she just reminded me, she said, that was quite a different uh, span of, of time there. So anyway, maybe what I want to say doesn't always come out. So I just trust that God will be glorified and that God will be praised. So anyway, and uh, I just want to, again, welcome everyone here. Uh, someone asked this morning, well, what's your sermon going to be about? I said, it's going to be about Moses again. And she said, Moses again? But Moses, the book of Exodus, it's so rich. There's so many things that we can glean from, from the life of Moses that, uh, and we can apply it to our own lives. And so I want to look at Moses again. The last time when, we, when I preached about Moses, it was, uh, the, the title was, Who Am I? Basically, Moses, that's when God, uh, God called Moses. But now we're going to look at the different experiences that brought him to that point and how he, how God taught him, how God grew him, how God used him with life experiences to be able to develop him into the, the, the leader that he became. And obviously, we know that he did not, didn't want to be the spokesperson, so he had all kinds of excuses. And uh, on the way to the church this morning, uh, Rhoda asked, uh, are you nervous? I said, yeah. And she, she asked further questions, well, do you wish you wouldn't have to do it? Well, sometimes I do, and she said, well, why don't we just be like Jonah and just run away? Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, I don't know. I uh, don't know what type of result we would have got, gotten from that, but anyway. <laughs> we trust that God has a message for each and every one of us. So anyway, title of the message this morning is, uh, How Can God Use Me? And have you ever done, uh, played with words, I imagine if you're a teacher or something like that, put an emphasis on different parts of the sentence, and how can God use me? So if I emphasize how, how can God use me? That means different than how can God use me, or how can, how can God use me, or how can God use me, or how can God use me? All of those have a meaning, but each, each way I said it has a different meaning. And so as we look at that, I guess if, if you look at the title and you ask that question yourself, think of which way you want to say that question when you are asking God, how can God use me? How can you use me, Lord? And so as we look at that and look at the life of Moses, we can also look at the different experiences that he, he went through. And uh, so we can use our own life experiences and use those experiences then in order to help others that are in the same type of situation or are going through a similar situation 
just had to think of the two daughters lost their mother and their father. Obviously, it's not the same as my two daughters. I'm still here, but how can we relate with others that are hurting, with others that are going through similar situations? What in my life, how can I capitalize on that and, and let God be glorified? And so I just, my heart is heavy for those two daughters. But anyway, <clears throat> in 2 Corinthians 1.4 is a very, very good verse that we can take to heart in that uh, we are instructed to use what happens in our lives to be able to bring comfort to those around us. And it reads this way, he, comfort, he comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort God gives us. So then we can relate to others as well. So I think it's very important we can do that. Now, I'm not sure how Moses, how Moses comes into that picture other than he saw his fellow um, countrymen suffering. And he, he, he took some action. We'll look into that a little bit later on. But he took other life experiences that he had. He was, in, he was a shepherd for 40 years. And we are compared to sheep in our everyday walk of life. I mean, we are, and we have a shepherd. We have Jesus Christ as a shepherd. And so I guess we look at, at sheep as being dumb. So I, I guess us as human beings are dumb as well. So we need somebody to shepherd us. And, and I'm in that same boat as well. But looking at that, Moses went through a lot of different experiences to allow himself to be shaped and molded by God through these um, different experiences. And so as we look at the life of Moses, we look at his name. The meaning of his name is to deliver, to draw out, or to be drawn out. So he was Israelites, the, the God of the God's chosen people. He was their deliverer at one point. He delivered them out of Egypt. So, and then he was also drawn out. And we'll find that out in, the, in, the, in a little bit later on in our scripture passage. Because he was physically drawn out of the water by the uh, by the pharaoh's daughter so he was drawn out of out of water and uh, later on in life he was drawn out of egypt as well he led he was drawn he was drawing the people away from their uh, not really captives but their their masters i guess i said as far as their physical means then later on when they were traveling in life and the Israelites were turning away. And one of the greatest things, I, one of the best examples I can think of is when they made uh, the idols out of the, 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 the golden calves and worshipped them. And so he was upset with them and he tried to draw them away from that type of lifestyle. They were spiritually um, totally not worshipping who their true God was that had delivered them. So he was drawing them away from their spiritual uh, demise as well. And so as we look at the different symbols in, in Moses' life, and that's why I, I like to have uh, different objects to be able to portray as, as I teach. And, and uh, as I said, have said before, I like to teach children and object lessons are a great way. And I think object lessons are great for 
adults as well. They just sort of make it, bring it alive. So I'm going to be looking at different things as well. And so the different things that I have up here, obviously the basket that he was saved in. Um, we're going to look at that and how that maybe shaped Moses' life. And uh, then also we're looking at the scepter in his life. He had to make a decision. You know, he had the opportunity to be a ruler there in the land of Egypt, but he chose otherwise. But it, 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 it signifies power, and he chose to leave that power behind and lead in another way. And then the, the, water, the watering pot symbolizes something else in his life, his meekness and, and other life lessons that he learned. But uh, in, the, in the scripture, we'll look at that. The water, part, water pot signifies that. And then obviously, his, his rod or his staff also symbolizes uh, the life of a shepherd. And he was shepherding the people as he led them out of Israel. And obviously, also his obedience to his call uh, God used his rod and turned it into a snake and uh, so to, to signify that I will be with you and I will lead you and guide you. So we're, we're going to be looking at a bunch of different things in his life as well and what these symbolize and the different things that help shape and mold him. What is, what is God using you? What is God taking you through to help shape and mold you and, and then maybe later on in your life to use you? And so that is the challenge, I think, that as we look at that in the different things in my own life, and we look, we're looking, exploring Moses' life, how he can be shaped in that way as well. Obviously, he had, you could classify it that he had some types of suffering and different types of things in his life that helped shape him. And... Did he use it to build his character or did he use it to walk away from God? And that is the question that we have to face every day as we look at how can God use me? And it's a challenge for myself. So the life, experience, uh, life situations and experiences shape us. And then I found this saying somewhere and it is very true. Every scar has a story to tell. Each scar in my life, there's a story behind it. And then the challenge will be, am I going to use that in my life to be able to share my story with someone else and help someone else? And I remember several years ago, I don't know how many of you would have been here when um, we had a, a person here, Pat Neff, from Friends of Israel. He shared here a number of years ago. He periodically has shared here with uh, Friends of Israel. But his sermon title was, does anybody remember what his last sermon title was? It was a unique one, those of you that were here. He called it Bumpology. And it's basically reflecting about bumps in our road that shape us and make, maybe make us make detours in how we had planned life should be. But he called it Bumpology, and I thought it was sort of unique. And I think we can look at that in our own lives as well. And in the life of Moses, he had a lot of bumps in his life that he had to change direction in life. So as we look at life... Moses' life. Let's look at uh, Exodus 2, verses 1 through 21. Exodus 2, verses 1 through 21. Now a man from the family of Levi married a woman who was also from the family of Levi. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw how wonderful the baby was, she hid him for three months. But after three months, 
she was not able to hide the baby any longer. So she got a basket made of reeds and covered it with tar so that it would float. She put the baby in the basket. Then she put the basket among the tall stalks of grass at the edge of the Nile River. The baby's sister stood a short distance away to see what would happen to him. Then the daughter of the king of Egypt came to the river to take a bath, and her servant girls were walking beside the river. When she saw the basket in the tall grass, she sent her slave girl to get it. The king's daughter opened the basket and saw the baby boy. He was crying, so she felt sorry for him and said, This is one of the Hebrew's babies. Then the baby's sister asked the king's daughter, Would you like me to go and find a Hebrew woman to nurse the baby for you? The king's daughter said, Go. So the girl went and got the baby's own mother. The king's daughter said to the woman, Take this baby and nurse him for him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the, her baby. So the woman took her baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, the woman took him to the king's daughter, and she adopted the baby as her own son. The king's daughter named him Moses because she had pulled him out of the water. Moses grew and became a man. One day he visited his people and saw that they were forced to work very hard. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew man, one of the Moses' own people. Moses looked all around and saw that no one was watching. So he killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. The next day Moses returned and saw two Hebrew men fighting each other. He said to the one that was in the wrong, Why are you hitting one of your own people? The man answered, Who made you our ruler and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses was afraid and thought, Not everyone knows what I did. When the king heard what Moses had done, he tried to kill him. But Moses ran away from the king and went to live in the land of Midian. There he sat down near, near a well. There was a priest in Midian who had seven daughters. His daughters went to, that, went to that well to get water to fill the water trough for their father's flock. Some shepherds came and chased the girls away. But Moses defended the girls and watered their flocks. When they went back to their father, Reuel, he said unto them, Why have you come home early today? The girls answered, The shepherds chased us away, but an Egyptian defended us. He got water for us and watered our flock. He asked the daughters, Where is this man? Why did you leave him? Invite him to eat with us. When Moses agreed to stay with Jethro, he gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses to be his wife. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, as we look into your word, help us to be able to draw strength and encouragement from it and let your spirit th speak through me to be able to convey the message that you want me to to convey to everyone here and to myself as well, Lord. Help me to be obedient to that. Ask your blessing upon this scripture and the, and the message. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we look at Moses, he built his, like I said, these things, different things in his life that built his character. And he used it to be able to grow from it. And one of the first things, as we look there, in verse 2, verses 3 and 8, I, I put down here personal relationships. As we look at verse 2, what his mother did, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw how wonderful the baby was, she hid him for three months. But 
After three months, she was not able to hide the baby. How many of you mothers would like to try to hide a child for three months and try to keep them quiet and away for three months? It'd be quite a challenge. I mean, you have to look at his mother. That mother, I, I believe she did an excellent job hiding him for three months, trying to keep it undercover. But not only was she working hard and suffering, what about the baby? Have you ever thought of that? I hadn't really thought of that earlier. But if she was trying to hide him, where she's probably in a dark room under some covers or he was isolated from interaction, from human contact. God has built us to be able to want that contact with each other. And that baby, in those first three months, we would probably label him as underdeveloped as far as personal relationships with, with other people. And so, I'm not sure if, he, if God used that in some way to build his character later on in life. But as we look at that, that had to have an impact in his earlier days in life. Being away from that personal relationship with all the other uh, family and being hidden from that and being maybe in a dark place. So it was not a normal thing to try to raise baby, a baby and hiding him. But one of the verses that uh, I thought that sort of related to that, found in Psalm 107, verses 28 through 30. And it's talking, it's about uh, God saving us from many dangers, but we can sort of relate it to, in that way as well. In their misery, they cried out to the Lord, and he saved them from their troubles. He stilled the storm and calmed the waves. They were happy that it was quiet, and God guided them to a port they wanted. I'm sure when he was crying, he was crying out. He wanted that relationship with his mother. But in the time of need, when God stilled the storm, as it says there, I'm sure there's many a times that this mother was frustrated trying to keep this baby quiet and still have that personal relationship with him. So... I'm sure that was not. So personal relationships were hindered in, during that time. So the, the second point that I want to bring out is physical dif, discomfort and ailments. And as we look at that, as we look at the basket, she found some reeds and she covered it with tar to obviously make it uh, so that it doesn't sink. And I, I sort of envisioned that it also had a top on it. And then she laid him in here and she put him in the reeds. But the basket itself lends itself to another uh, thing that we read about in the Bible. See, that's not going to sit very well there, but I'll leave it right there. But anyway, in, uh, as we look at the basket, and he was drawn out of the river. Other babies were thrown into the river to die. He, his salvation was in in the river, in the water, because he, the mother used the basket. And as we look at that, it can also represent the ark, uh, Noah's ark. That was floating on water, unguided, and it can also point to Jesus, our salvation as well. So as we look at the basket, it can represent lots of different things. For him, for Moses, it was his salvation even though he got thrown into the river or placed in the river, 
And as the ark, the people chose to go in the ark, those, those that chose to go in, there were very few, they got saved from the flood. And we have to also choose Jesus Christ in our lives for salvation. And so we can look at the ark and look at the basket as a way of salvation that points to Jesus in our, in our spiritual state as well as far as salvation. So we have to trust in God in that. In Philippians, in a verse there, uh, Philippians 14, 19, we're looking at the baby's discomfort maybe in their cold, wet, maybe not wet, but still, still again, not very comfortable. And in our own lives, we come to that state. But if we look at Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All we have to do is look, at, look to God for that. And then also in Matthew 6, 25, take no thought for your life. I'm talking about the birds of the air, the flowers of the field. So many times we get so wrapped up in the different things in life. All we need to do is trust in God. And that's what I have for the third point is trusting in God. Can you imagine the mother when she was asked to then nurse her own baby? And the urgency in life. I only have this baby for a short period of time. And I need to teach this baby all I can until he has to go back and live with someone else. So I think she probably had a sense of urgency. I need to teach him as much as I can. And how much can I trust in God to help me do that? And so in that way, there was probably some trust uh, uh, that Moses could see in his mom. She was probably crying out to God all the time, help me to teach him. And as she was teaching him, and in that way, he can learn that example as well. And we have a good verse to, to turn to, several verses. He, uh, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I'm sure Moses' mother leaned on Jesus, leaned on God a lot to direct her in, as she was raising this young, young child, knowing that she had to give him back up again so that he could be raised in another, in, in another household. The next point is talking about Moses in his next uh, stage in life. And uh, as we look at verse 10, it says, When the child grew older, the woman took him to the king's daughter, and she adopted the baby as her own son. And goes on what he named him. She adopted him. There's nothing wrong with adoption. I think adoption is great. It's a great way to bring children into our own, in, into our own lives and give them a chance in life. And I think this was probably viewed a little bit different as far as his situation, but it was also his salvation because he was adopted by the king's daughter. And I think that as we look at adoption, it probably shaped him as well. I'm sure he had lots of questions. Who truly, as he was growing up, who truly is my family? Maybe he knew, maybe he didn't know. But I'm sure those are some of the questions that, that uh, children and young adults face as well when they're adopted. And we have to help them as much as we can in that way and shape their lives. And so I'm sure that shaped his life as well. Who truly is, who truly is 
my mom and dad being torn between the two. But we have to, um, and I'm sure she had, he had to have reassurances in his life all the time that he is being loved even though he's not with his biological parents. So I hope that that we can relate in that way as well. God gives reassurance to us through the word of God as well and through other people that encourage us. And so we have to be sure to encourage those around us that are struggling in life as well. Some of the different verses that came to my mind as far as reassurances. One of my, one of my favorite verses, and I still hang on to this verse. This verse helped me through lots of dark times, lots of hard times. Isaiah 41.10 Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will, I will uphold thee with my righteous right hand. That was my go-to verse. I'm sure all of you have a go-to verse in times of trouble, in times of trials, in times of discouragement. And I'm sure Moses had lots of discouraging times as he's growing up. And maybe once he became of age, he realized where he came from. And as we look at that next part, as far as allegiance, who was he going he came to a point in his life that he had to make a decision. Is he going to follow his true background, the Israelites, or is he going to follow the Egyptian way? And he had to make that decision. And he had to make it in a split second. How many of us have, to have time to make that decision? And we come to the decision. Am I going to have allegiance with God or am I going to have allegiance with Satan? And I'm talking to each and every one of us. We have to make that decision for our own selves. And for each of our children, they have to make the, that decision. We can't make that decision for them. So it's very important that we instill in our children that allegiance to God is very, very important. And as we look at that verse, in a verse that would, uh, verse 11, it brings out that, that part. Moses grew and became a man. One day he visited his people and saw that they were worked very hard. He forced to work very hard. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew man, one of Moses' own people. Right there. A time of decision. What am I going to do? Am I going to ignore and look the other way? Or am I going to be helping my fellow man? So he had to make that decision. So that shaped his life in order to make a decision. And then the next thing that we look at, as, um, so during that time, he had to make his decision. Is it going to be this or is it going to be this? Am I going to keep the power and use that or am I going to be a servant and serve my God and serve my own people? So the scepter represents obviously power and uh, so he had to make that decision and I think it's sort of unique as well um, I had to think of Ruth we're, we're having uh, the story of Ruth in our in our Bible school but the verse that she told I mean the words that she told Naomi and in that in her decision making process and, and in her time of who am I going to have 
make my allegiance to, my own people or with Naomi. And that's found in Ruth 1.16. But Ruth said, don't beg me to leave you or to stop following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where are you going to place your allegiance to God or to Satan? But then also, in that split second, Moses probably made an irrational decision. We can all look at his life, and he probably looked back later and regretted what he did. But it is irrational, we can look at that. But I'm sure it shaped his life as well. We know it shaped his life, because then he had to flee. But as we look at verses uh, 12 through 15, first part of 15, Moses looked all around and saw that no one was watching so he killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. The next day Moses returned and goes on there. And then he realized then in verse 14, the man asked him, who made you our judge and ruler? 15. Moses had to run away because his adopted grandfather knew what he did. He was a fugitive. He had to run for his life. He made a split-second decision. How many of us have made a split-second decision and later on in life we regretted it? And we have to add, had to go back and patch things up. And it might change our course in life. And then we have to try to backtrack and make decisions. But it shapes us. And then when we see somebody else going through the same situation, are we able to step in and help them as well? So it's important that we realize all of these things, bumpology, bumps in life, bumps in the road, and detours that shape us. So when he fled, he fled for his life. A verse in Proverbs 25, 28 reads this way. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and, with, and without walls. So basically, in that time of his life, he did not think it through, and so he was not protected. He was not, in a spiritual sense, he was not protected um, from Satan and his irrational thinking. He made that split-second uh, split decision, and I'm sure he regretted it for lots of times. And we do the same thing. So if we make irrational decisions, are we like a city without walls? That wall that protects us. Who is that? It's Jesus. It's God. And that personal relationship with God. So he was irrational. But then later on in life, we look at him. Where did he go? He ended up, he, he fled. And in verse 15, the last part of verse 15, but Moses ran away from the king and went to live in the land of Midian. There he sat down near a well. He went and sat down in the well. How insignificant. How, how is that going to make any impact on his life? But as we look at that, as he, he was sitting at the well, what happened? When he was sitting there, some girls came with their father's flock and they wanted to water him. But they got chased away and it must have happened. It must have been a daily occurrence because once they came home, his fa their father asked, well, why did you come home so early? What happened? And then they ex explained the story. But in that 
time. He took action in the correct way. In his meek, lowly state of mind, he decided he's going to help someone else out rather than just think about himself. And he helped water um, the flocks of the, of the, of the shepherdess, shepherdesses. That's hard to say. It's a tongue twister. But I'm sure that that shaped him as well. And in the Bible, it says that Moses was a very meek man. And uh, in Matthew uh, 5, 5, very familiar verse, uh, one of the Beatitudes, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And it talks about Moses. Was In Numbers 12, 3, it says this way. Now Moses was very humble. He was the least proud person on earth. And I found another quote somewhere else that was talking about giving a description of Moses in his life. And this is how they described him. He always forgot himself when the good of his people was to be served. He forgot about his own needs, his own selfish desires. And he was looking out for the Israelite people. What did he say there in Mount Sinai? Blot my name out of the book of life, but save your people. He pled for the people of Israel. And so he wanted to make sure that they got to where they needed to go, but he forgot about himself. And he was fighting for the people that God had entrusted him for. So there, there was a character trait that was meekness. So that's a good character trait that helped shape his life, uh, in, shape his life as he led the, the people. Patience. How long was he a shepherd? For 40 years he was a shepherd before God called him. Serving and taking care of dumb sheep. But then he had to take care of dumb people. He was a leader of the people too. And he used the, the, the rod as well. During uh, leading them. And people are messy. We're all messy. We all make mistakes. We all mess up. And he had to lead them. And at one point in life, and part, part of the, uh, the journey out of Egypt, he says, these here, your stubborn people, take care of them. I don't want to. So he had sort of changed his mind. He sort of wavered back and forth like we all do. He, I'm sure he learned patience for those 40 years out in the desert. He thought, to begin with, when he was trying to figure out what to do about that Egyptian, he thought, I'm going to save my people. Do you think he thought that? But timing wasn't right, was it? He had to learn for 40 years. Then another 40 years in the desert. 80 years he spent sort of as a nomad, you could say, in his life. And then he never even got to go into the promised land. He got to see it. But he was disobedient at one point in his life. And he was held responsible for it. So all of these things point towards character building. So my challenge to you is if we look at Moses, what was he? Different descriptions of Moses. One, he was an orphan. Two, he was adopted, which is not the normal way of life, but it is still a great way to be included in a family that shaped him. Then he was a murderer. He was a fugitive. He was on the run. He had to get out of there. Then certain other times in life, he was a whiner when he was leaving the, the people away from, 
from Egypt. He was whining to God a lot. Does that sound like a lot of us? What things in my life are going to shape me and help me to be able to help others in life as well? So my challenge to you this morning is to myself is different situations in life. We need to take all of our trials, tribulations, struggles, and use them as character building. God might be preparing me to do a mighty work or maybe lend a helping hand, have a listening ear, or just simply to have a word of encouragement for someone. So my challenge to you, I go, go back to verse that first verse I started out with, 2 Corinthians 1.4. He comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort God gives us. We can relate to different people. It's the same. I mean, we can relate with people that are going through the, through the same experiences that we have gone through. So my challenge is, what experiences in life have you gone through and grown and gained wisdom and knowledge so that you, in turn, might be a blessing to someone else? Again, every scar in your life, in my life, has a story to tell. Am I willing to share that with someone else? Or am I going to keep it bottled up and not be able to relate with someone else? Jesus' scars paid the ultimate price for me, for you, for each and every one of us. He made, he sacrificed his life for me and for all of us. Scars in life make a lasting impression on myself and can be used to make a lasting impression on other people as well. 2 Timothy 1.7, I want to leave you with this verse, encouragement. Familiar verse, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind if we keep our relationship with Jesus Christ. He is going to continue to guide us in all aspects of life. And if we choose to share our experiences with others, others can be blessed. It's not always easy. Our life experiences. And it's not always easy to go comfort someone else who is going through the same thing because it opens those scars, those wounds again. Makes you think of the experiences you've gone through. But I think if we look at the life of Moses, he did what God called him to do. Am I willing to be able to do the same? <clears throat> so as we stand for our closing prayer, I'm going to be asking a blessing upon the food. And uh, again, I want to invite everyone to... You're welcome to stay and participate in that. So let's stand in closing prayer. And after the prayer, you're dismissed. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, as we look into your word, as we look at the example of Moses and what he has taught us through his life experiences and what, how you used him even though he was imperfect. Lord, we all are imperfect. And we stand before you humbly just asking that you would 
teach us, grow us, help us to look forward to sharing our stories with someone else, some scars, some experiences in our own lives that have made an impression and have taught us different things. Help us to share those experiences with others as well. Help us to be willing to sacrifice of our time and our resources to be able to help others as well. Father, we thank you and praise you that we have this example of Moses in our lives, that he was obedient. Help us to be obedient as well. And Lord, also as we come before you now, as we will be gathered together in fellowship around food, we ask your blessing upon the food as we fellowship. But again, Lord, your name would be glorified in, our, in what we share with each other. We give you all the praise and the glory and also want to pray for those that will be traveling, traveling home, traveling other places as well for protection, for safety. And also pray that you would be with the, the two young ladies that have lost their mom and their dad. Walk beside them. Help them to feel, help them to feel your presence. Hold them in your hands. And comfort them with the assurance that they will be able to see and be reunited with their parents someday. That is our goal in life as well. Help us to be an example to those around us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.